to the Mariners podcast from Sports Ethos, your place for worldwide sports coverage. I'm your host, Tino Ganasius. You can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20, T-I-N-O-J-R-2-0, and the podcast at Ethos Mariners. Today on the pod, we're going to preview the weekend series of the Mariners in Texas against the Texas Rangers. The Rangers are 35-20. and 20. They've got the second best record in the major leagues behind the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, they look good, and it's all kind of coming together for them. I think maybe a year early, uh, given their free agent push with Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager last year and signing some pitchers this year, but they look really good and uh, pretty put well put together team. So we'll examine the Texas Rangers. We'll talk quite a bit about the three pitchers they're throwing against the Mariners in this series, uh, dive into the Mariners pitchers as well. And then uh, at the end, talk about what we expect um, the uh, kind of final result of this series to be. So the Texas Rangers have the best run differential of any team in the major leagues at plus 131. If you would have told me at the beginning of the season that the Rangers would be number one in run differential, I would have told you that you're crazy. Uh, I do think they're overperforming uh, at this moment. Um, they look like a playoff team. They look very much like a playoff team. But the plus 131 is is pretty phenomenal. Uh, Tampa Bay is second in the majors at plus 119. And uh, no other team is above plus 58, uh, who's the Braves. So Tampa Bay is has twice the run differential of the third the third best run differential team in the major leagues. And Texas is number one. For context, uh, the Mariners are plus 24 in run differential. Run differential is a uh, one metric to try to gauge the true uh, true talent or true performance of a of a team. Uh, a couple of years ago when the Mariners won 90 plus games, um, people pointed to their run differential as, as being a sign that they weren't a 90 win team. And that did turn out to be correct. Um, uh, in the same vein, uh, the Rangers are not a not the best team in the major leagues. I promise you that. And the but the plus one thirty one run differential says that they are. Uh, so the Rangers are two and a half games up on the Astros, uh, six and a half games up on the Mariners. Uh, the Mariners are you know it's a little early to look at at wild card standings, but are currently four games behind the uh, last wild card spot, tied with the Angels and the Red Sox and behind the Blue Jays who are three and a half games out. So what are we looking at with the Texas Rangers? Um, Two stars in the lineup, Corey Seager and uh, Marcus Simeon, both were signed to enormous um, nine-figure free agent deals in the offseason of 2022. Uh, Simeon and Seager hit one-two in the lineup. Adolis Garcia, uh, Nathaniel Lowe, Jonah Heim, Josh Young, who's a rookie third baseman, have all performed uh, very well this year so far. Uh, Adolis Garcia is a very puzzling hitter, but, you know, it's a balanced lineup, and it's a lineup that uh, has more talent, I think, than people realize. Uh, Simeon hits at the top. He uh, has been a White Sox and an athletic. Um, He... Very, very good fantasy player. He's actually uh, my number one rated second baseman at, uh, for fantasy, but he's a, an accumulator. You know, he 
plays every game. He hits leadoff every game. Uh, very rarely has he been injured in his career. He plays a very consistent second base, um, scores a lot of runs, uh, hits for power. Uh, interestingly, Simeon is a player who uh, has learned how to hit the high fastball out down the left field line. If you look at his spray chart, almost all of his home runs are uh, straight down the left field line, and almost all of his home runs are not hit nearly as hard as most home runs. He has been able to really perfect getting out in front of the ball and lifting it um, and not hitting at for premium uh, or elite exit velocities, but knows how to place it. Uh, currently this year in 258 plate appearances, he has eight homers and seven steals. He is running a 10.1% walk rate, which is a uh, double digit walk rate from your leadoff hitter is, is good. Uh, his triple slash is 295 average, 366 on base percentage, and he's slugging 485 with, for a WRC plus of 134. Um, very, very good player at the top of that lineup. I think he's an all-star this year. Uh, Corey Seager has been injured for uh, more than half of the season. He does have five home runs. You can expect him to hit uh, to hit for power. If In a full season, I would expect 30 to 35 home runs from Seager. Currently hitting 319 with a 380 on base percentage and a 564 slug. Uh, that's in 108 plate appearances. Uh, Seager's a threat. And, you know, while he doesn't provide much speed, he's a, a, a very good hitter. Um, Jonah Heim has been a bit of a revelation uh, this season. He's more of a, a serviceable offensive catcher. Uh, but this season, he's hitting uh, 282. With six home runs, um, he has regressed a bit from his hot start. Uh, Josh Young, their rookie third baseman, is a top uh, bottom half of the top uh, top one hundred for me, prospect wise, but has been very good this year for them as well. He's hitting two ninety five uh, with twelve home runs. He is running a six point three percent walk rate, which is low, and a twenty eight point three percent K rate, which is a touch high. I would uh, expect. Young to to kind of end up his career as your uh, perennial 260 hitter with 25 home runs and a, a lower uh, OBP and a lower OPS than one might expect, but a, a good hitter and uh, definitely a run producer for them. He's He d is running a 139 WRC plus currently. Adolis Garcia leads the Rangers with 14 home runs. He has four steals. Uh, he's hitting 257, 319 OBP, and a 505 slug. That's very much what we've come to expect from Adolis Garcia. Uh, and then I guess the only other real offensive player of note to mention is Nathaniel Lowe, their first baseman, five home runs, hitting 277. But a balanced lineup. Um, I would say that the only, in my opinion, the two stars are Simeon and Seeger. Uh, but the balance and the consistency that the rest of the lineup has provided has been, um, I think, a huge boost uh, to the Rangers thus far this season. So that's what we're looking at from the Texas Rangers. Uh, their bench is, you know, uh, some journeymen. It's uh, Sandy Leone at catcher. They've got Brad Miller, Josh H. Smith, and Bubba Thompson as a speedy defensive center fielder coming off the bench. And then the rest of their lineup consists of Robbie Grossman, uh, switch hitting, uh, a bit of a journeyman as well. He's 33 years old. Travis Jankowski, 
who's traveled around a bit, left fielder, left-handed hitter, and Leotis, uh, or Leoti Tavares, who was, he's their center fielder, who was a top prospect, and has turned out to be a bit more of a defensive player more than anything. But formidable lineup with Simeon, Seager, Lowe, Garcia, Young at the top. Those are the top five. Um, I do expect, I don't expect the Mariners pitchers to dominate the range, this Rangers lineup, but I do think that if we can get some, if the Mariners can get some semblance of offense going, uh, the Mariners have a, a very good shot in this in uh, this three-game series. Mariners offense has looked uh, like it's waking up a bit. Uh, we've covered this in previous pods. Um, we're still waiting for Teo and uh, and Gino to to start producing a bit more, but Julio's on fire. Kelnick has plateaued a bit, but he, he's still hitting cleanup, and we expect him to produce. Uh, uh, on balance, I think the, the Mariners lineup is slightly um, less capable than the Rangers lineup with a little more star power, uh, but the Mariners pitching uh, – Rangers have great starting pitching, but the Mariners have, in my opinion, the number one starting rotation in baseball currently. So let's move to the pitching matchup. As I said earlier, uh, I'm going to try to do this for for each series, really break down the uh, the pitchers and how they're performing. I'll break down the Mariners pitchers in um, – I'll break down Luis Castillo for Friday, and I'll try to do at least one Mariners pitcher per series – um, but I will break down the opposition and I, cause I think that's important and it gives viewers something to, to look for and watch, uh, as they're viewing a little bit more of a deep dive statistically in each pitcher. So pitching matchup in, uh, on Friday, which is five Oh five, uh, Pacific start is Luis Castillo against John Gray. Uh, John Gray was a first round pick of the Colorado Rockies, I believe out of uh, Oklahoma University. He's 31 years old, 6'4", 225. He signed a four-year, $56 million contract in the 2022 offseason um, coming over from the Rockies. He's one of those pitchers who you've always seen has great stuff, but because he was pitching in Colorado, it was very difficult to kind of determine what his his true talent was. Colorado, uh, for those who don't follow, you know, it's, uh, breaking balls tend to not break quite as much uh, at altitude. And so the and the ball flies quite a bit more. So uh, Colorado used to really target uh, pitchers who threw two seamers and sinkers and did not rely so much on curveballs because of the lack of break. Uh, John Gray, when he was drafted, was seen as a very much a fastball slider uh, pitcher. It's what he continues to be this year. He is five and one with a 2.81 ERA and a 1.11 whip. He's thrown 57 and two thirds innings thus far, surrendering 45 hits, 19 walks and 46 strikeouts. So pitching a little bit more to contact than I think we would have expected from a pitcher uh, with that kind of stuff but has been incredibly uh, effective thus far. He did pitch against the Mariners on May 8th. Uh, he shut them down, seven innings, four hits, one run. It was earned, uh, no walks, and eight strikeouts. I watched that game, and Gray looked dominant in that matchup against the Mariners. Uh, he's an 8.2% walk rate and a 19.9% K rate. The walk rate is, is fine. Uh, the K rate is 
again, you would expect it to be a bit higher uh, and you would want it to be a bit higher from um, from a pitcher near the top of your rotation, but he's been able to, uh, uh, to achieve really good results thus far, despite the lower K rate. His batting average of balls in play is 239, which is extremely low. You would expect that to uh, regress closer to the mean, which is closer to 300. So he has been getting some or having some luck with uh, with batted balls. And he has an 86% left on base percentage thus far. Uh, what this means is 86%ers, 86% of the runners who reach base have been stranded um, by John Gray. So that is also over 10% higher than league average, meaning he has – so a high left on base percentage is certainly indicative of good luck uh, because there's a tremendous amount of luck uh, involved with batted balls or batted ball events. However, a pitcher who strikes out, there is some skill involved in a high left on base percentage as well because a pitcher can – bear down and uh, attempt to strike batters out with runners on base. Uh, you can also induce certain types of contact potentially uh, based on pitch mix and location. So while I don't, I know that John Gray is not an 86% left on base pitcher. That's not because of John Gray's talent. There is uh, some element of uh, a higher left on base percentage for a uh, more, a more skilled pitcher. One stat or two stats that I think are pretty glaring in Gray's profile, in my opinion, are that his XERA is 4.72 and his XFIP, which is his expected field, fielding independent uh, ERA is 4.58. Uh, what does that mean? I don't, again, I've, I've said this before, I don't put a ton of uh, value in expected statistics, but when you see an XERA that is almost two runs higher than the actual ERA, that is a sign that the actual pitcher's ERA is um, a bit lower than it should be. And so with John Gray, I think we're looking more at a 3-5 or a 4 ERA type pitcher currently. Um, his swinging strike rate is 11.4%. That's right around league average. I think it's probably slightly higher. Batters have are hitting the ball 87.8% of the time uh, when it's in, in the strike zone and batters are swinging. Uh, that is extremely high. That's the kind of uh, X or zone contact rate that you're expecting from a, what you might call a contact hitter, uh, someone like a Ty France. And so the fact that he's running an 87.8% zone contact rate means that I don't know that there's a ton of deception in his pitches and uh, that he is very hittable. Uh, one more bigger stat is uh, his splits. So left-handers are hitting 250 with a 325 on base percentage and a 742 OPS. Right-handers, he's very effective against 186, 255, 564 um, OPS. He throws his fastball 43% of the time. It's in the mid nineties, averaging 95.3. Uh, he throws a sweeper 17% of the time at 83 miles an hour, a slider 17% of the time at 80, around 88 miles an hour. That has proven so far to be his best pitch, surrendering a 103 average and, and a 43% whiff rate, which is great. 
Uh, he throws a change up 15% and a curveball about 8% of the time. So really he's fastball and then sweeper slider change up um, equally. That's about it on John Gray. Again, I think he's he is uh, getting a little bit lucky with uh, batted balls currently, uh, but he's not walking a ton of hitters. He is in the zone. He is hittable, um, but you are you being the opposition. I think are better off against John Gray uh, stacking the lineup with left-handed hitters. I would fully expect to see. Um, to see Colton Wong playing at second against John Gray. I think that's probably the smart move instead of uh, Jose Caballero. Uh, would not surprise me to see, um, I believe the Mariners brought up Mike Ford and sent down Taylor Trammell. Um, it would not surprise me to see Mike Ford uh, in the lineup tonight against, uh, against John Gray. So, this will be interesting. The Mariners lineup will be interesting to me because there are, you know, we do rely upon Fran, Ty France, Julio Rodriguez, and Eugenio Suarez and Teoscar Hernandez as regulars in the lineup. But as many left-handers as you can get in there against John Gray, the better. Uh, let's compare Gray to Luis Castillo. I, I did the same sort of breakdown on, on Castillo and found some really interesting stats with, with – uh, with him he's elite uh the mariners have an ace this is a true ace this isn't a a number one this is like a top eight i think starter in the major leagues if he continues as he is uh castillo is 30 years old 6 to 200 pounds obviously was uh dealt mariners dealt for him uh towards the deadline last year gave up a lot of prospect capital in Noelvi Marte and uh Edwin Arroyo among others um pained me to see Marte leave because he's one of my favorite uh prospects that the Mariners have ever had I still think he's going to be a star at third base but when you have an opportunity to trade for Luis Castillo and you're in contention you really have to do it I he uh it's interesting because he was a really a sinker slider changeup uh, pitcher in Cincinnati, in part because of their their smaller park. But he has such a a great arm that you really can tweak his pitch mix and um, optimize it, and not worry about the effective of each pitch because each of his pitches is is so good. Uh, the Mariners signed him to a five year, one hundred and eight million dollar extension uh, in the off season. I, I think that's a very much a, a team-friendly deal. Mariners got a steal, as far as I'm concerned, in this uh, extension. Is it an option for 2028 that vests if he throws 180 innings in 2027? Um, I'd give that a 50-50 chance at this point. Castillo this season is 4-2 and two with a 2.69 ERA and a whip just under one. He's thrown 60 three and two thirds innings surrendered 48 hits, 15 walks and 76 strikeouts. 5.9% walk rate is elite. 29.8% K rate is uh, near elite. Uh, The 23.9% K minus BB percentage is incredibly good. So if I'm looking for pitchers in fantasy, as an example, um, I've said this before. I kind of start with the with the strikeout minus walk 
uh, percentage. And if it's greater than 20%, uh, that's a very good starting point. So to have a starting pitcher at 24% is, is pretty incredible. Uh, the BABIP is 269. That's slightly below league average, but but not in a place that you expect that to really alter his uh, statistics one way or another. Left on base percentage is 77.7. Same deal as, as his BABIP. Pretty normal. Um, slightly higher than average, but you would expect that from a pitcher of his talent and skill. Uh, the XERA and the XFIP are in the mid threes. Uh, that may, I'm not quite sure why I'm not too worried about that. I think he is more of a true, like three, three, even ERA pitcher. His swinging strike rate is 15.6%, which is the highest he's had since 2019. Um, and his ground ball rate is 42.9%, which is the lowest, uh, he's had in, I believe eight years. So he was in the fifties percentage wise ground ball rate from 2019 through 21. So he's really changed as a pitcher uh, since he's arrived um, in Seattle. Uh, as I said, he was a sinker, slider, changeup uh, pitcher in Cincinnati. Now he is uh, similar to John Gray, actually. Uh, Forcing fastball is 43%, and then he mixes equally his sinker, his slider, and his changeup this year. I expect to see that slider uh, percentage go up as the year goes on. I I would expect to see the sinker uh, percentage go down maybe as the year goes on. All three pitches are have been very effective. Uh, the four-seam fastball, 198 average, which is incredibly low for a four-seamer. Uh, whiff rates, he's got three pitches in uh, the mid to high 30s. Uh, the only pitch without the mid to high thirties whiff rate is the sinker, but that's to be expected because that's a pitch that's expected to uh, induce weak contact. So really, you know, he's really, uh, the Mariners have changed his mix. They've increased his four seam fastball usage. It's up 10.2% over last year. And they've decreased all three of the sinker slider and change up. Um, but as I said, you know, the Mariners are very much a uh, four seam fastball up uh, slider low and away um, type of team. And I think that Castillo, you'll see more of that slider as the, as the year goes on. Uh, but he's, he's a dominant ace and um, Mariners lucked out in this trade. I think, the, I think Castillo is the player that uh, put this pitching staff over the hump and uh, Mariners are very lucky to have him. This would be a fun pitching matchup. Uh, I think Castillo is the better pitcher. Uh, but the Mariners are relying upon, I think, their stars to kind of to produce in this series uh, until we can until the Mariners can find a uh, another bat. Uh, the Saturday matchup is Marco Gonzalez against Andrew Heaney. Heaney uh, was signed in the offseason to a two year, twenty five million dollar contract. He spent 2022 with the Los Angeles Dodgers. He's left handed, 6'2", 200 pounds. So far this season, four and three with the three seven six ERA. He did pitch against the Mariners May 9th, uh, six and two thirds innings, four hits, four runs, three earned, two walks, seven strikeouts, and he took the loss. Uh, Heaney was a, a different pitcher last year. He was pretty dominant in limited time with the Dodgers. Uh, he his velocity this year is down about a mile per hour across the board. 
Uh, movement is up on his fastball changeup and slider over last year. Uh, that tends to happen if you throw your pitches. Um, if velocity decreases, you tend to see movement increase. Uh, he's surrendering an 097 average against left-handed hitters. Uh, so again, this is a lineup where instead of stacking the lefties against Gray, you're going to want to stack the righties against Heaney. Um, the issue, though, is it looks like his pitch mix is very different than what it was in L.A. Uh, in L.A., he threw his fastball 62.5% of the time. This year, he's throwing it uh, 58.8, so that's down slightly. The big shift in his pitch mix is that his slider in Los Angeles in 22, he threw almost 33% of the time. And it had a 44% whiff rate. This year, he's throwing only throwing his slider 19% of the time. And the whiff rate is down to 31%. So it's a 13% reduction in whiff rate. And a quick math here, a uh, 13% uh, decrease in usage. He's also throwing it, uh, not throwing it quite as hard uh, and with a little more movement. And then his changeup uh, usage has gone up 16% this year. So He's actually throwing the changeup more than he's throwing the slider. I'm not sure why, whether this is Heaney um, making that decision on his own or something that the Rangers uh, thought they saw in his repertoire. But for based on results, uh, Andrew Heaney should go back to throwing that slider more and maybe a little bit harder. Uh, his zone contact rate is way up at 87.3%. Last year it was 79.5%. So Pitches that are in the zone that hitters are swinging at, they're making a lot more contact um, than they did last year. And then the swinging strike rate is has plummeted. It was 16.8 in 2022, which is which is elite. And uh, one reason why I targeted him in fantasy coming into 23, and it's down all the way to 9.9%. Um, so he's a very different pitcher than he was in uh, in Los Angeles last year. Still effective, you know, 376 ERA is very good, but not the dominant, um, not the dominant five inning starter that we saw with the Dodgers. Uh, looks like he's probably going, trying to go deeper into the games as well. I think this is a good matchup for the Mariners. Uh, he Because he throws his fastball 60% of the time and he's left-handed, you've got Ty France and Julio, uh, Gino, Teo, they're all um, right-handed hitters who, um, like to hunt fastballs. And so I think that's a good matchup. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Marco against the Rangers, I think is actually a decent matchup for the Mariners. Uh, as we know, Marco Gonzalez is not a strikeout pitcher, but he's trying to induce weak contact. Uh, the Rangers like to swing the bat. Uh, they don't walk a ton. The only the three hitters in their lineup with double-digit walk rates are Simeon, Lowe, and uh, Seeger, and none of those are above 10.5%. So free-swinging team, like to make contact. Again, that's a good matchup against Marco. Uh, Marco tends to get hit by uh, more by batters that are able to kind of take pitches and, and identify uh, the right pitch that they want to hit because his stuff is not uh, great. So Heaney against Marco in game two on Saturday, uh, two very different styles. Uh, that should be a fun matchup. And then Sunday is Bryce Miller against uh, Nathan Eovaldi. Uh, 
we talked at length about Miller. Uh, he's must-see must TV for me. Uh, Eovaldi is 33 years old, 6'2", 217 pounds. He signed a two-year contract for $34 million in the offseason. Uh, he's been their ace thus far, 7-2 with a 2-4-2 ERA and a one-even whip. Uh, 74 in the third inning, so he's thrown a lot of innings already. 70 strikeouts. This is his first matchup against the Mariners so far this season. Um, I did call him the ace. Uh, obviously, DeGrom, if he was healthy, would be. But Eovaldi, as of right now, is their ace. 4.9% walk rate, um, similar to uh, Luis Castillo. 24.6% K rate, a little bit less. 19.6% K minus BB. That's right in range for what you look for. He is a ground ball pitcher, 52%. Uh, Right-handers are hitting better against Eovaldi this season with a 250 average and a 683 OPS. Left-handers, 197. But he has a pretty even split for his career. Uh, pitch mix, fastball, 38% of the time. Splitter, 27% of the time. Cutter, 19%. Curveball, 13%. So he really is a four-pitch pitcher. Um, his stuff is very good. His fastball average is 96. Uh, he's just, he's around the zone and he's around the zone with very good stuff. Um, similar in some ways in, in with those two characteristics as he looks like a Mariners starter, to be honest, Mariners starters don't, Mariners don't want their starters to walk a ton of hitters. They want to fill up the zone with good stuff. And that's very much who Eovaldi is. So very fun series uh, for me. We've got what I can, what I consider Friday and Sunday to be really premier pitching matchups. Um, Saturdays is still fun. Heaney is a, a interesting pitcher to watch because he does come from a little bit lower arm slot than what you're used to seeing uh, offenses that I think match up pretty well. Uh, Mariners with more, I think a little more star power, young star power uh, Rangers with a little more balance, but this should be fun. I'm uh, excited to watch the weekend games. Uh, I'll try have to catch the Friday game a little bit later. Uh, work week has been a little bit long, but should be fun. Uh, division matchup. Uh, Mariners have an opportunity to make up some ground on the Rangers uh, to pull to three and a half back if they are able to sweep this series. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, this format of covering uh, the pitching matchups and uh, the upcoming series is one that we will do, especially on off day, if the Mariners have an off day going into the weekend. Uh, and then we'll be back with the pod tomorrow talking about uh, tonight's game, uh, Castillo against Gray. Thanks for listening, y'all. I appreciate it. This has been uh, the Mariners podcast from Sports Ethos. Once again, you can find me on Twitter at Tino Junior 20 T-I-N-O-J-R-2-0, and the podcast at Ethos Mariners. Uh, I did post on the Ethos Mariners uh, Twitter feed uh, the breakdown of my notes of the two starting pitchers for this game. I will continue to do that uh, as often as I can uh, in the morning for, for that day's game. But again, catch me on Twitter at Tino Junior 20 and the podcast at Ethos Mariners, E-T-H-O-S. M-A-R-I-N-E-R-S. Take care, y'all. Peace.